Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 264, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm your host, Jared Weich, and also, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dominic Orlando. It's Friday, feel good, time to talk about PlayStation. Yeah, uh, man, whenever I hear the word Friday, I think of the Rebecca Black song that went viral on YouTube. Do you remember that? Yes, I do, because she has put out new music um, in the past couple months that is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I feel kind of bad for her in that situation because she was just like an awkward teenager that, you know, seems like she wanted to be a musical artist. Obviously, like you saying, she put out new music, and it's just one of those things that unfortunately for her went viral for the wrong reasons on the internet, and she yeah. just got memed to, you know, death. So, yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, exactly. It's not exactly. Uh, so, but, yeah. last week we did our state of Xbox, basically talking about everything, every game that's in development or rumored to be in development at Xbox and Bethesda. This week we're doing PlayStation. Um, in the coming weeks, also look out for our God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast, which we're going to be doing, which is awesome. As well as next week is going to be our Game of the Year for 2022 episode. So that's going to be awesome as well. If you're wondering, well, hey, Jared, why aren't you doing, you know, you did for Xbox, you did for PlayStation. Why aren't you doing this for Nintendo? Nintendo's just weird with the way they handle their developers. Like there's retro studios and some known developers there, but It'd be more about going franchise by franchise as opposed to the studios, which is a little bit more awkward. So blame Nintendo, don't blame us is basically what I'm saying. Um, but the way, the way we're going to be doing this show is we're going to be covering real quick what happened at the developer direct. Finally got it right. Didn't say uh, developer digital uh, for the Xbox event that happened last or this last Wednesday. And then we're going to be going over the PlayStation Studios developer studio by studio. What it's coming next from them. What's rumored? What do we anticipate? Yeah, pretty much it. Are you ready, Dom? I'm ready to go. So first up, uh, the Xbox Developer Direct recap. Uh, there was five games shown, not four. Uh, we talked about uh, during our speculation, Dom, would they end up showing this rumored Tango Gameworks game, Hi-Fi Rush? They actually ended up showing it, and we'll get to that uh, the details regarding that game soon. But there was five games shown. We're going to start off real quick. Elder Scrolls Online, they announced the new chapter, which is uh, Necros, I believe. Not much to say here between the both of us, though we, at least, I don't know, Dom, I know you love Fallout. Are you an Elder Scrolls person? Not, not so, not as much. I mean, I played, obviously, a lot of Skyrim, um, but that was it. I never played the previous games, and I never, like, got, like, super deep into that lore specifically either. Not as much as Fallout and some other um, series. But it's safe anyway, to say, but... like, Elder Scrolls Six, you're going to be interested in, right, when that marketing yeah. push in. Yeah. Definitely. So... In terms of online, though, it's though they presented it as a close Elder Scrolls gameplay, you know, uh, representation. It's it's not. It's definitely an MMO with Elder Scrolls paint over the top. Mm-hmm. I've tried it. It just doesn't feel the same for better or worse for me, anyways. But it's cool that that community is getting more updates all the time. And that uh, Zenimax Online Studios is very passionate about the work they do. Their their lead guy, that specific guy. Sorry, I don't have his name, but he sells it every time he's on screen. Uh, but yeah, that was the, like probably the least interesting one to us anyways. Uh, next up, Minecraft Legends. This is one that I've talked about possibly being interested in basically because Minecraft Dungeons caught me by surprise, their take on the Diablo formula. And what we learned from this presentation is uh, they spent time showcasing that the PvP is kind of actually PvPVE, meaning that it's two teams going against one another, but the piglins, who are the enemy AI mob, are also going to be on the battlefield. They talked about how teammates share resources, so you need to work together. So it's not just you kind of fending for yourself or not paying attention to your other teammates. Um, going back to that with the teammates is there's various roles. So 
when you hop in, if there's one specific aspect of the game you like doing more than the other, you can go ahead and focus on that. So if you, I, and two other people are playing Dom and you're like, oh, I, I like adventuring. I'm not much into building or fighting. You can be the person that goes out and looks for resources or finds hidden treasure. Um, I could be the person that stays back at the base and builds our fortifications and other buildings and kind of set us up for the end battle. Somebody else could be, oh, I love fighting. I'm just going to go out and hunt mobs and maybe scout the enemy base. There's like roles for people depending on how you want to play it, which is really fun. Hmm. Um, they also said there's an emphasis on procedurally generated landscapes. So no two matches feel the same, which kind of fits in with Minecraft. Obviously, whenever you load up a new Minecraft map, it's all procedurally generated. And part of starting a new world is figuring out where things are, which is pretty fun. Um, and they also talked about how you can win matches in a variety of ways, which is similar to a lot of other real-time strategy games in that you know, somebody could do a Zerg rush where you spawn a bunch of weaker units that do high damage and you just overwhelm your opponent with sheer numbers. Or you can kind of do a a base right outside of your, like a front ba operating, uh, forward operating base in front of your opponent's large base and kind of spawn units there to attack them from close range. A lot of different ways to win. The most important thing, though, is it's coming out April 18th, 2023, which is pretty soon, which is awesome. Obviously launching an Xbox Game Pass. Uh, it sold me on it, Dom, uh, in terms of at least trying it out and, and seeing what it has to offer from a single-player perspective. I doubt I'll ever have four friends right. interested in uh, playing online. I will try online with randoms, but, you know, that's always, like, a nice thought experiment. But in reality, especially with a game like this where you have to work together, I don't want to work with three other random people and, you know, it's just not my vibe. So yeah. I'm excited to see the single-player aspect of it, which I enjoyed with Minecraft Dungeons, which was also marketed as hey play with other people and i played it solo and still had a blast excited for that i doubt you're not a big minecraft guy period so i doubt this did anything for you but in terms of what you expected to see from this game did it kind of surprise you with what it's offering yeah a bit i mean it, it does sound cool i definitely i definitely can see the appeal for people who are into minecraft or into the yeah that kind of collaborative strategy sort of gameplay but <laughs> on basically all those fronts it doesn't really do much for me like you said yeah, for sure. Uh, next up, uh, speaking of a game that doesn't do much for either of us, Forza, uh, Forza Motorsport. They showcase some additional details, some incredible stuff in terms of the visual fidelity. Like, these car games go wild every time they release. This one, that's showing, like, the different paint uh, textures, how light reflects off of certain paint textures, how they implemented a new system for damage to where it is more realistic in terms of the damage building up in uh lower velocity areas on the car where you'd expect more dirt or damage to build up uh pretty fascinating stuff the most questionable thing though dumb is at the end of this is still just said coming 2023 which is there's some weird stuff that happened after the presentation in that there's a bunch of things where xbox and people like jeff Keighley are pointing to oh it's still going to come out in the first half of the year but then recently jeff grubb over at giant bomb said that what he's hearing is it actually has slipped from the first six months um which isn't too surprising um then again like it's a bummer it's not coming out in the first half but i don't think xbox is in need necessarily of a first half title like forza just because as we'll get to with hi-fi rush redfall atomic hearts maybe even stalker 2 there's a lot of games on the platform uh both exclusive and third party that especially with a niche title like forza motorsport it's not like it's different, right, than a, a maybe a Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man 2, or even a Starfield getting a date and then slipping, right? It's not 
as impactful overall to the general audience, right? Yeah, if it needs another minute, I think it doesn't uh, it doesn't really harm the the portfolio or the outlook for this year for Xbox at all. And yeah, people who want to play it are going to be there, um, whether it's next month or this fall. So yeah, I'm with you. It does, it's not like certainly not the end of the world. Yeah, it was just weird though because it was the only game in this whole presentation that didn't have a release date. The chapter for Elder Scrolls Online had a date, Minecraft Legends had a date, and the two games that we're going to get to both had dates. So it was weird that the one, probably the highest budget, though you could argue the Redfall, uh, didn't have a date yet, which is a little weird. Uh, to me, too, I wonder if it's, not that it's going to be affected too much by Starfield, but I wonder if those two do coincide with one another in terms of when they're going to be released and how Xbox wants to hit those marketing beats of, if you're not too sure on both of them, what's the point in giving a date? Because Forza, you have way more flexibility with than Starfield, right? So you kind of maybe want to get Starfield's date first and Forza around based on that. Uh, next up, though, the biggest surprise of the developer direct was this Tango Gameworks game. So Hi-Fi Rush was announced. It's a rhythm action game that was shadow dropped, released on January 25th via Xbox Game Pass on the Microsoft Store. It featured a delightfully comedic narrative tone and colorful Saturday morning cartoon art style. I thought it looked incredibly high quality. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned when I was talking about Pentiment a few weeks ago how, though it was a smaller title from Obsidian, the quality in the animation and the art style was still, you could tell the budget was behind. It was AAA developers and designers working on this. And I think the same thing is very clear with Hi-Fi Rush. I think it's cool to see a studio like this go out of their genre. They're not making a horror game. Uh, I think it's a bit of a risk on their part, but like I have mentioned with Pentiment, this game wouldn't exist without Game Pass, in my opinion. I think it is a platform that allows these developers to work on these smaller projects, release them in weird marketing timelines like this with a shadow drop. I haven't downloaded I haven't hopped into it myself, but looking at the internet, the general consensus on this game is people are really in love with it dom it's getting a lot of praise people are saying it's nailing the rhythm action game which is not an easy thing to do they say the world is colorful they say the art style is very much on point it feels like into the spider-verse scott pilgrim what were your initial reactions to this and were you shocked that it got a shadow drop because i was like whoa i cannot believe they're doing this yeah obviously shadow drops are always fun um and it does look cool it's probably not really my jam because just um, being like beat oriented, I kind of struggle with those two, but, um, but yeah, I do like the way it looks like it's almost like a cartoon, um, like from when we were younger kind of a thing, or I don't even, I'm not even sure. Um, I don't, I'm, I don't know what Scott Pilgrim is. I've heard of that, but I trust your, um, comparisons are good. Um, but yeah, this looks really cool. And yeah, shadow traps are always a ton of fun and that can, I don't know, it just brings a different kind of pop to a, to a presentation like that too. Especially when, yeah, no one's expecting it. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm glad people point... are enjoying it. To your point, one of the selling points of this game is that you don't need to be great with rhythm because the way the game works is you the, the world itself is designed to be in sync with the beat. But in terms of combat, you can attack at any point. You can put combos together. But if you end up being on beat, you get bonuses in terms of power and uh, resources from killing enemies. So it doesn't necessarily knock you for being off rhythm, but it does reward you for staying on rhythm. It also has a bunch of accessibility tools. Uh, one of them is this your pet cat that's with you called 808, which is funny because it's a reference to drums, obviously, in music. Uh, the drum beat that Kanye made famous. Uh, R.I.P. that dude's career. Uh, but uh, 
the cat, you can actually put visual feedback elements for accessibility on screen to where it helps you with keeping beat. So they've kind of thought through that whole thing of, yeah, not everybody is rhythmically gifted, so that might turn them off while the game isn't centered on you being perfectly on rhythm. Uh, one of the other cool selling points is all of the boss fights feel like set piece moments, which they even described as in the trailer. And yeah, I just think it's such a vibrant, beautiful new IP for Xbox and for Tango Gameworks, who as much as people love the Evil Within games, they just didn't sell all that well. And not to say that they won't do Evil Within 3, but the reality is that horror games are niche and they don't sell as well. And even Ghostwire Tokyo, I think, was even a decline from the Evil Within games. Uh, so I'm glad that they're trying something new. I still hope they release horror games because that fills out, as we've talked about with both Xbox and PlayStation, you want these studios to fill out a catalog. And I do think Xbox needs their Japanese horror expertise. But if you can combine that with something colorful like this, where we're talking about Xbox, I mean, as much as I love Xbox, they don't have the mascot history that Nintendo and PlayStation do. Some of their most iconic mascots aren't even created under the xbox umbrella they were previous and they kind of inherited them right you got doom guy you got the dragonborn you got banjo kazooie like all of these things come from companies they purchase and we very rarely have anything that's been created under the microsoft umbrella and this is actually tango gameworks first game under xbox because ghostwire started development before xbox acquired bethesda so i'm really stoked i can't wait to hop into it it's just nice to have a surprise game to hop into because, especially for me, Dom, I was in this place where Fire Emblem Engage didn't get stellar reviews. They weren't necessarily bad, but it wasn't to the point where, like, I felt the FOMO to hop in right away. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, Dead Space Remake is coming out. That's getting good reviews. I kind of want to save that for October for the vibes. Still indifferent on Hogwarts Legacy, <laughs> personally, mm -hmm. in terms of if I'm going to get it or not. That's kind of a, a battle I have every day. And this is something that popped up out of nowhere. I'm excited to hop in. Uh, and that's always cool. And I think there's a conversation happening, Dom, in terms of when you don't have a game revealed and let the internet nitpick it for a while before it actually comes out, there's something magical that can happen when a game shadow dropped like this, where people don't have the time to make all of these either valid or invalid criticisms or conversations about it. They hop in and they find out for themselves and it leaves people less time to ruminate on what could go wrong, right? You hear, oh, Tango's making a non-horror game. How could that possibly be any good? So I think there is some merit to doing something like this. And I praise both Tango and Microsoft for believing in Tango because Phil Spencer came out and said it was their idea to shadow drop it like this. Cool stuff, right? That is cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's a cool strategy, and I'm glad that um, you know, they, they're allowed the freedom to, to do something different. And yeah, it's good for Tango. And lastly, I think a game that won a lot of people over that, uh, you know, people were kind of iffy on either way is Redfall. It had an impressive look at the variety of narrative and multiplayer scenarios players can explore and overcome. It's slated for May 2nd, 2023 release date, which was the rumored date, which ended up being true. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this game. I think it looks fun. I'm more curious about, and this isn't something they went into, but I'm not necessarily bummed that they didn't because I assume we're going to get a developer direct kind of like what PlayStation does with their titles focus specifically on redfall and going into like the nitty-gritty of the menus and stuff like that i'm curious how often you can swap between the characters and build up their specific skill trees in single player because i do want to try multiple characters i like the guy with the robot dog that you can use to distract enemies there's the sniper character there's the uh 
the female character that can create spectral stuff. Like she has a spectral elevator. It seems like she can do spectral shields and stuff like that. I'm very curious to see all those how those characters play. We got a hint of the loot. We saw some blue guns that you picked up from chests. I kind of want them to go more into that. Uh, we know it's not going to be like loot box focused, but with rarity weapons, there's going to be something involved there. Um, but I am more excited for Redfall than I was before the presentation happened. How about you? Yeah, same here. This is um, that it's yeah. The anticipation is growing for this. I think this should be really cool. It's good to see yeah, kind of a little bit more about the characters and everything. Um, but yeah, and I think it's going to be timed. I'm hope I'm picturing it's going to be timed well. Like assuming start maybe Starfield's in June, so it's uh, yeah, fire up that Game Pass subscription and try out Redfall before you know. In that that runway up to to Starfield, which I'm looking more forward to, but um, yeah, the the hype for Redfall for me still keeps growing though. And it's cool to have vampires as a main antagonist. We get zombies, we get demons. Mm-hmm. Let vampires have their time to shine, uh, just not too much in the sunlight, so they don't sparkle. Uh, that's pretty much it for the Xbox Developer Direct. Can't wait for the next one. Excited to see when that is. How this platform uh, for announcing games, showcasing games, is going to move forward. Because this is the first one. Uh, real quick, did you like the outline and structure of it? I actually really enjoyed it. It was a little bit more de- de- developer... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like dev-, dev diary than I expected, but not in a bad way. I actually liked that it was cutting between the developers and the gameplay. Yeah, I enjoyed the structure of it personally. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it was good for me too. I mean, that's fine. It's... Um... It doesn't always have to be, um, I don't know, the most creative and crazy innovative thing. I think it, yeah, I, I think it was good. Much better than Inside Xbox. I'll say that much. Much, much better than Inside Xbox. Um, yeah, that's enough about Xbox. Let's talk about PlayStation. So this is basically the state of PlayStation. We're going to be going over the PlayStation Studios, what they, the last game they developed, what they have in development, and just kind of get us all caught up on where we stand with them. Um, we're in an interesting place, Dom. It feels like we're past phase one at, at following the release of Marvel Spider-Man 2 late this year. We're entering the, the second phase of PlayStation 5 where we don't really know a whole lot of what's to come. And that's the exciting thing is that we've gotten God of War Ragnarok. We've gotten Horizon Forbidden West. We've gotten Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. What's next for PlayStation? We're not going to be talking about Bungie. Uh, one thing I want to clarify, I think a lot of people get confused with, Bungie is in a PlayStation studio, technically. They're owned by Sony and PlayStation, but they operate independently, uh, very weirdly. I don't know. My assumption would be, Dom, is that's solely because I think PlayStation anticipates Bungie's titles remaining multi-platform. And I think with their branding, PlayStation Studios are the exclusive titles. Do you kind of agree with me with that assumption as to why they're kind of remaining independent and not under the banner? Yeah, it's interesting. I guess, like, yeah, once they... Whatever their next project is, once that's announced, maybe that'll be when things start to shift. But yeah, they do f- still feel not excluded, but just kind of on the side from the rest of the portfolio. I guess you're right. Yeah, and who knows? That next game might still be multi-platform. Who who knows? Yeah, that could be. So let's get into this. Here's a look at all the projects currently in development across PlayStation Studios. Numerous game developers. I'm starting from. I don't know what the proper way to phrase this because I think all of these developers obviously hold value, but I guess it's from generally least exciting studio to generally most exciting studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So we'll, we'll go through that way. 
Uh, first up, we got Fire Sprite, which is a studio that might not sound familiar to a lot of PlayStation fans out there, but they're one of the PlayStation VR studios. Uh, their last release is, even though it technically hasn't released, but the last release we know of is Horizon Call of the Mountain, which is the VR title for PSVR 2 that's coming out later this year in 2023. Um, but in terms of their next release, here's some information we have. They are currently hiring for positions on projects with the following descriptions. One, dark story-driven narrative adventure with a heavy focus on art animation and delivering unique character performance performances using Unreal Engine 5. And two, multiplayer action game blending genre transcending gameplay mechanics around vehicular and on-foot combat using Unreal Engine 5. Hmm. Unclear if the two openings are part of the same project or not. So those are two different job openings, but it, who knows if they're part of the same game or not. Um, I guess my assumption would be these are both probably PSVR 2 titles, though. Do you think that's a safe assumption? Well, or That's what I was wondering, because I was thinking the opposite because it's not mentioned like out of all those details that are mentioned in that description it doesn't they don't mention vr and maybe i'm wrong about this but my assumption is that uh you want a vr like there's you want someone who wants to develop in you know vr or um has experience developing vr games but that's also you know specific to i guess like you know the, the programming side of things or the technical side of things or like you still need artists that, you know that can that that kind of skill can more easily translate across virtual reality to 2D, quote unquote, I guess. But, but I, I don't know. So I, I could be wrong about that. But because it would seem weird that their next projects wouldn't still be VR. They're, you know, that's why they were purchased primarily. We assume, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It was just that was my first thought. But, but you're probably right. They probably have to still be VR projects. I mean, at the very least, I think one of the two, if they are separate projects, is VR driven. Uh, and maybe the other one is like a passion project that they get to do on the side, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Fire Sprite. I'm, I'm actually curious to see how well Call of the Mountain reviews because looking at the launch lineup for PSVR 2, that's like the that needs to be the star. That needs to be the showpiece of why you buy that that. Uh, yeah. Hardware. Even if it is, even if it exceeds all expectations, um, it's gonna be tough because that thing that the VR unit itself is so expensive and. PS5s are expensive too, which is obviously a prerequisite. So even in the best case scenario, that game is um, going to struggle to sell a lot itself. But I think like it's more about moving the VR units at that point. Well, yeah, I think for Fire Sprite 2, it's more about critical reception because yeah, I, for them, yeah. I'm hoping PlayStation and Fire Sprite under, are under the right assumption that like don't necessarily look towards sale units. I think maybe adoption rate might be more important to them than actual overall sales. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens there. Uh, next up, another VR-focused PlayStation Studios studio, London Studios. So, their last release was for the original PSVR. This was Blood and Truth back in 2019. Uh, their next release, in October 2022, GamesIndustry.biz wrote a piece interviewing the studio where they revealed that their next game is an untitled online co-op combat game set in a fantasy London moving on from their established VR pedigree. So, mm -hmm. unlike... Fire Sprite, we know London Studios' next game is not VR. Interesting. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah. And I, I added on this piece because it says it's obviously online co-op combat game. This is a part I added on. This is likely part of Sony's commitment to a growing live service game library where they're aiming to have at least 12 new titles in this vertical by 2026. Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan stated this during a financial earnings call in May of 2022. So... This is, there's going to be a trend 
throughout some of these studios where you see a lot of them might be working on some multiplayer stuff and it might be because of this commitment to uh live service multiplayer games uh, which if the leaks for suicide squad killed the justice league is any indication the internet is excited about those type of games so we'll see what <laughs> Can't happens wait. Yeah. yeah uh next up polyphony digital last release gran turismo 7 in 2022 next release will likely be supporting grand theft auto Se- uh, sorry grand theft auto gran turismo 7 for the foreseeable future especially with the game getting official psvr2 support in 2023 this was announced in the psvr2 uh launch lineup blog post that playstation did announcing that Gran Turismo 7 will be getting PSVR 2 support, which is pretty cool. Playing a racing game mm-hmm. in uh, VR sounds great, unless you have motion sickness, then it probably sounds like a horror story. <laughs> I doubt we have anything to add there, Dom. We're not really no. racing game guys. <laughs> um, next up, uh, one that I don't think excites a lot of people, but boy, howdy, I love this studio. Sony San Diego. So their last release was MLB The Show 2022 in 2022 which is always confusing for me because they do the appropriate naming convention, I think, for sports games, whereas EA and 2K do the, we're naming it after the year later. So Madden and NBA 2K in 2022 were actually 2K23 and Madden 23. At least MLB The Show does it for the year, which is less confusing. Um, Their next release, MLB The Show 23 in April-ish 2023. Uh, They haven't released a non-MLB The Show title since Drawn to Death and Starblood Arena in 2017. It's been six years. Didn't realize. Um, I love MLB The Show. MLB, Major League Baseball, is probably my third favorite Major League sport behind uh, football. Well, four technically. NFL, college football, basketball, and then that. But when I tell you that they have the best sports title out there, it's not even close. The quality of life features, just the implementation of single-player, multiplayer modes. The one knock for them is their online multiplayer the lag is really really bad i don't really play that mode so it doesn't really affect me all that much but i've tried it and it is horrendously bad um it just the sync between the online for two people when somebody's pitching and somebody's batting awful uh but like i said it doesn't really affect me because i don't really play that um game but shout out sony san diego has to be so important for that too so that's a bummer yeah uh Probably one of the more underrated PlayStation Studios because they only really release that sports title. But like I said, I think it is the cream of the crop in that genre of annualized sports titles. So shout out to them. Next up, Pixel Opus. Their last release was Concrete Genie in 2019. Their next release, they're working on a PS5 game in collaboration with Sony Pictures Animation developed on Unreal Engine 5. And this was talked about in June of 2021 for PlayStation Lifestyle. If you're not familiar with Pixel Opus or Concrete Genie, it was this really cool, probably like mid-budget game where you were a kid being bullied in this like northwestern city and you use paint, like graffiti uh, and tagging on walls to kind of overcome your bullies and use your imagination to find happiness. Um, it was a really cool concept, very much in the vein of Media Molecule, which we'll get to in a bit in terms of a studio. I'm excited, Dom. The fact that they're working with Sony Pictures Animation has me excited because I wonder if that means a higher budget for them. I wonder if it means I don't really care if it's licensed, but mm-hmm. that partnership is very interesting to me. Yeah, I did not realize that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I remember like seeing some of Concrete Genie and thinking it was a cool idea, like you said, but um, 
never played it myself. But yeah, that partnership is interesting. So yeah, I'd be curious to see what comes out of that. I want something, as we talked about earlier in the show, in the vein of Hi-Fi Rush in terms of not whether it's rhythm or not, but that game oozes so much style. Like, it's very much itself in its artistic representation of both the characters and the world. I hope Pixel Opus gets that opportunity because I thought Concrete Genie looked really neat and it helped diversify the PlayStation library. And I hope that with this collaboration with Sony Pictures Animation, we get something really cool. The fact that it's also on Unreal Engine 5, I'm not going to be surprised if this game is going to be gorgeous in terms of its visual fidelity. Um, which is always aided by picking a specific art style and kind of leaning into it. So we'll see what happens. Next up, Housemark, everyone's favorite arcade developer. We got Returnal, which came out in 2021, but don't forget that it's coming to PC now in 2023. It's being ported over. Next release, during the 2022 DICE Awards, which happened in March of 2022, the studio revealed that their next project is in early development and it'll be a brand new IP, not a sequel. That's like, I wouldn't say it's too shocking, Dom. I, I, I know some people might want a Returnal too, but the thing we've seen from Housemark is even though their games have all really fallen into that arcade genre, they've all been pretty different from one another. So I'm excited to see what they do next because if you would have told me Housemark's making a first-person roguelite shooter in space that's sci-fi and is like very trippy, I'd have been like, oh, I can't wait to see that. That's not what I expect from that studio. So I'm hoping it's the same type of reveal when we see their next game. And the fact that they said early development in 2022, probably going to be a couple of years before we see this, right? And the, <clears throat> uh, Yeah, probably a ways away. And then, yeah, so I don't think they've done a sequel ever. They've only ever, like, Dead Nation and then Alien Nation and then Returnal. There might have been one more in there that I'm missing. Oh, I, there was. I can't. Oh, shoot. Might have just said it. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think they seem to like sequels all that much. They prefer new ideas, which is fun um, and impressive, really, if you think like you're able to continue that success with new IPs. Um, but also the scopes keep on increasing, so I wonder if this will be an even bigger game than Returnal was for them. Well, it, yeah, I kind of compare them in a way to Supergiant. We're like, yeah, they never make sequels, but we can't say that anymore for Supergiant because they just announced Hades 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so I really do think, know. though, I think we'll get a Returnal 2, right? I think at some point some we'll get a return yeah. too. Yeah. Again, looking at their looking at their track record for uh, development, Dom. The only thing I see that's close to a sequel is they made Super Stardust and then they made Super Stardust HD. But I wouldn't really call. Obviously, that's not really a sequel. Kind of like obviously like a HD sure. remake, I guess. Um, I didn't know they worked on the Angry Birds trilogy video games. That's hilarious. Oh, didn't know that either. Yeah, but then they made Resogun, Alienation, Rezo Super Gun. Stardust, Ultra VR, yeah. Next Machina, Matterfall, and then Returnal. Oh, Matterfall was the Battle Royale, wasn't it? No, no, I'm thinking of something else then. They were working on a Battle Royale, right? And it got canceled, I believe. Mm. That doesn't sound familiar, but maybe, yeah. I think so. Yeah, Storm Divers. April of 2017, Storm Divers was a Battle Royale game. Anticipated 2019 release in December 2018, Housemark uh, canceled it. Okay, yeah, so they were working on a Battle Royale. Uh, I kind of forgot about that. Um, next up, Media Molecule. Their last release, Dreams, in 2020. It was actually their only game release in the last eight years, which is a whole story in and of itself. Next release, 
Little is known about the team's next project, but their site showcases the studio's hiring for several positions where they specifically mention live service games. This likely means they're one of the studios tasked with hitting the live service game quota Sony is aiming to reach. Yeah, I am not surprised by this. When you have a studio as creative as Media Molecule that kind of struggles with actually shipping products, <laughs> Dreams is cool. I don't think Dreams financially did all that well. And sure, Sony has a track record of not forcing their studios to do anything, but the only studios that ever really talk about having that freedom, Dom, are like Naughty Dog and Sony Santa Monica. Yeah. And uh, Media Molecule, I do think that Sony isn't necessarily strong-arming them, but the fact that they're hiring and working on a live service game, I think they kind of probably drew one of the short straws, right, in terms of trying to hit that quota Sony's targeting. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what that is, because... I mean, in a sense, I mean, from a certain perspective, you could think Dreams is a live service game. It's just the people are the developers kind of pushing out new content and you don't have to pay for it. So I, I don't know. Yeah, this is this is one of the more interesting ones that Sony has. Um, well, especially and with dude, how honestly, we know Sony behaves. I think a little big planet live service game could work in the modern era. And I'd kind of be interested in that. I love little big planet. I know people prefer more of the Sackboy platformer stuff, which. Such an underrated PS5 title from what I've seen. I think anyone who's played it really enjoyed it. Um, I just want Media Molecule to have a win because I like that they're willing to do these weird, offbeat, creative stuff. But the business reality of it is at some point you have to nail something that hits to some extent. And maybe PlayStation Plus provides the safety net that Game Pass does for the smaller projects for Xbox Game Studios, but... Yeah, Media Molecule is just in this weird place. I just don't want them to turn into a support studio, Dom. That's kind of what I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. So, here's hoping their next games win, whether it's live service or not. Next up, one of the up-and-coming stars of the PlayStation Studios team of developers, Team Asobi. Their last release, Astro's Playroom, which was a, a launch title for the PlayStation 5 in 2020. Their next release, the studio has stated their next project is their most ambitious yet. With PSVR 2's release on the horizon, this is my own speculation, the belief is that their next game is a follow-up to the critically acclaimed PSVR title Astrobot Rescue Mission. I think that's safe to assume that their next game is probably a focus banner title for PSVR 2, right, Dom, in the Astrobot series? That's kind of what I was picturing is like a, you know, a Mario Odyssey-style um, platformer, right? But yeah, using Astrobot and all that. Um, but with, you know, with that, with that kind of scope, maybe not quite as big as Mario Odyssey with a thousand moons, but um, you know, same kind of thing. Where like we're there's there's a lot more worlds and bigger areas, all that kind of good stuff. But in VR, because uh, I gotta assume that there's some big investments, you know, beyond uh, the Horizon Call of the Mountain VR game that Sony's making, and who else to to add to that batting lineup? Then like, I'm gonna say it's not Team B, it's Team Sobo, right? Uh no, I'm pretty sure it's Team Asobi. I think Team Asobo okay. is the is the uh Plague Tale people. Okay, so I didn't entirely make it up. I just mixed it up. <laughs> now you have me questioning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Team Asobo is the Plague Tale people. Team Asobi okay. is the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, real quick with this, uh I think depending on who you ask, Dom, it's one of two camps of this. I think one group of people hope that it's a game developed to be an excellent platformer that is enhanced by PSVR 2. 
And I think there's another crowd that hopes that it's built from the ground up to be a PSVR 2 showpiece. Mm. Interesting. Definitely Solely because I think there's people who see the quality in what Team Asobi does but maybe don't want to invest in PSVR 2 and feel like, yeah, I can't really play that without the headset. Whereas the other crowd is like, well, this will give me, if anybody's going to deliver an experience for me to own the headset, it's going to be them. Um, so we'll see what happens. Especially with so many people checking out Astro's Playroom when they buy a PS5. It's like they kind so of good. Yeah, everyone has a, a taste of what that team can do. Though that's more of like a, a launch title tech demo, whereas Astro Bot Rescue Mission is like their, so far, their magnum opus. Next up, Haven Studios. Last release, not available. They were founded in 2021. So, next release. In March 2022, Sony acquired game developer Jade Raymond's new studio, developer Haven Studios. Almost a year after the collaboration between the two and the formation of the studio itself was announced in March of 2021. During the announcement, it was expressly stated that the team will be working on a new live service experience built upon a systemic and evolving world focused on delivering freedom, thrill, and playfulness. Out of all the live service titles we've already talked about, I think Haven Studios is the one that's tasked with making the showpiece live service game, Dom, of like, this is our main live service, this is our, our destiny. This is our, to a lesser extent, our Sea of Thieves, right? The game that's on the platform that lives and excels. And the other ones are, are cool, but they're more of spur of the moment. They capture an audience for six to eight months. I think Haven Studios is tasked with making the live service IP for Sony. Am I off base with that speculation or assumption? No, I, I, it makes sense. Um, it's a, yeah, obviously new and, I don't know, another really curious one, like Sony, like, there's a lot more mystery, I feel like, at Sony right now. Not as much as Nintendo, like you talked about at the beginning. But, yeah, this is an, this will be really interesting. I'm really curious to see where this goes. I just want Jade Raymond to get a win. Between her yeah. and Amy, Amy Hennig, they, their bad luck has been so awful. Between Google Stadia and these canceled projects and Motive and all that stuff. So, I just want to see what her and her team can deliver. Because she's one of the you know most important... Uh, game studio leaders in the last couple of decades and i would say one of the more influential female uh game developers of the last couple of decades along with amy hennig who's a writer and yeah i just, I just want to see what they're capable of, of making because the investment sony made in haven wasn't small and it seems like yeah they're they want haven studios to make something that truly delivers so we'll see speaking of mystery dom sony bend their last release days gone in 2019 next release in June 2022, Sony Bend revealed a new logo and direction for the studio in an official post on the PlayStation blog. Here's what they said concerning their next game. Quote, Today we are excited to share just a snippet of news on our current project. We are currently working on a new IP that includes multiplayer and builds upon the open world systems of Days Gone, but brings you a whole new world that we are extremely excited to craft for you. We cannot wait to reveal it for you when the time is right. End quote. Uh, and I added this piece. Fans are hoping for a return of Siphon Filter Resistance or Days Gone, but they shouldn't hold their breath because obviously this seems like a new IP. We had the stories about previous leadership at Sony Bend kind of not being the best, kind of being a little bit toxic, kind of being a little bit grody. So I'm glad they're under new leadership and going in a different direction. Not necessarily for Days Gone. Like I have no ill will or any opinions on Days Gone because I didn't play it. But uh, I'm just glad that the studio, in terms of management and focus, is in a different direction. Wh you know, what do you hope to see from Sony Ben? Because they are in a weird place where they could have returned to Siphon Filter, Resistance, 
Days Gone sequel, but they're deciding to do a new IP again. Like, what do you want to see from them, Dom, and what are you expecting? Because they can kind of go anywhere at this point. I mean, I wanted to see Days Gone 2, but nonetheless, that's obviously not going to happen, at least not anytime soon. So, I mean, that being said, I think there were... I'm trying to think of, like, the, the best parts of Days Gone and maybe what they could build on from that in a different IP or a different game, right? And um, the 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 Horde zombie gameplay really was really good. Um, it, it showed a little weird in some of those early um, gameplay demos they did where kind of the, the zombies sort of just fell like paper because there were so many. But it, actually playing the game, it was really fun and exhilarating going through those. So... I don't know if like anything from that can be translated into a different type of game, but if they can capture any of that kind of um, suspense and anxiety and inducing like fighting this giant mob of enemies or something, I don't know, large like that was kind of unique. Um, at least if anything recent that I can recall, maybe like maybe dead rising was similar in that sense, but I'm not familiar with those games, but yeah, I don't know where they could go or what it's, it's, it's back to that same thing of, if they're doing whatever, and I mean, what I want from them is, you know, something new and creative and, and obviously fun. So, yeah, who knows, though? But like you said, too, it's good they got some better people in charge there and that they're still around overall. Yeah, their statement is weird because I think it starts with a, uh, and then it ends with the oh, where they say a new IP that in- includes multiplayer uh, and builds upon the open world systems of Days Gone. Oh, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm kind mm-hmm. of, kind of, uh, what, what does that multiplayer mean? Or did they draw one of the short straws as we talked about before? Yeah. Uh, but building up the open world systems, like you said, there's some good stuff today's gone that you might want to see in a sequel. And hopefully mm-hmm. they implement in this new IP. So we'll see. And this is in June, 2022. I think with days Gone coming out in 2019, them dealing with a lot of the fallout of leadership and stuff like that. Who knows when they've started development? Like, I don't think, People may be assuming we could see this game released in the next couple of years because like 2024 would be five years from Days Gone. But to me, that might be a little early to even expect anything. They based might on have started seen. and scrapped some ideas and stuff like you're implying. And so like it's not like that has all been straight, consistent dev time on a single new project. There could have been some some time lost in there. Yeah, I think we could see an announcement of it in the next couple of years, but I don't think it releases anytime soon mm-hmm. would be my bet. Speaking of a game we hope releases sometime soon, or at least is announced sometime soon, Blue Point Games. So last release was Demon Souls in 2020, a Soulsborne game I still need to get to. I would argue the best-looking game on PS5. Yeah, I think that's still the case. Maybe Elden Ring might put up a fight. Um, Battleborn Ragnarok others. is really pretty as well. Ragnarok but, like, too. dude, Demon's Souls looks incredible. Uh, so their next release during a 2021 interview with Bluepoint president Marco Thrush, which is such a cool name, following the announcement that Sony had officially acquired the developer, he stated, quote, our next project, we're working on original content right now. We can't talk about what that is, but that's the next step in the evolution for us. So a lot of people assume, damn, that means they're not doing Metal Gear Solid remake. They're not doing Bloodborne re- remaster or remake. What exactly are they working on? And funny enough, I was reading an article and it made me think differently, Dom, because my assumption this whole time was, oh, it's going to be a new IP, right? Has to be a new IP. They specifically said original content, which to me means it's content that hasn't existed before. 
but that doesn't rule out a sequel to a game that already exists. True. You know what I mean? Good point. I didn't think of it yeah. like that. Yeah. So I don't think it is this, but like a Bloodborne 2 would qualify as original content. That would be wild. I <laughs> I don't think that's it, but I'm just I'm giving yeah. an example. Like I was always thinking of like new IP, but a sequel that doesn't exist is also original content. Mm-hmm. I just want to see a blue point. I like I think they deserve, as we've talked about multiple times, they deserve their own game to make. And my hope is that it's a new IP and not a sequel because They've done so much high quality work in remastering and remaking these games that like let them flex their muscles a little bit, right? Yeah. For you, based on the information we've gotten from them, do you want a new IP? Would you want a Bloodborne 2, even as wild and outlandish as that sounds? Do you hope they're kind of being creative with their language and it is a Metal Gear Solid 1 remake? Like, what do you expect and want from Blue Point at this at this time? I mean, yeah, Bloodborne 2 would be cool. E- even even if it's not from software doing it, I would be glad to, um, you know, give a different studio like Blue Point a shot at it. Like, because that also is yeah. Like, I, it, for sure, I'm down to let them do their own thing and not be another remake. I think they've more than earned that chance, right? Um, so yeah, Bloodborne specifically would be excellent. Um, or something entirely new, just like we talked about with Sony Ben, like. I'm just glad it is something original. Um, and if it were going to be a sequel, then hell yeah, make it Bloodborne 2. Make it that sequel and not you know, not a Metal It wouldn't be a Metal Gear sequel, obviously. But um, yeah, something entirely new too could be fun too. So yeah, I'm, it's another one. I'm open to anything. I think that they've proven they can they could put together a good game, even if it's a, a remake. So I'm curious to see what, what they got cooking. Even if it's not Bloodborne 2, I hope it's a third-person action game just because, as we've mentioned, that's something that the PlayStation Studios portfolio could round itself out with. Like, if it's an open-world game, I'd be interested, but it's like, okay, it's not really too different if it's a third-person. I guess third-person action in terms of more of like a Souls-like as opposed to, you know, third-person action adventure like uh, God of War or something. Right, or, Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think we see that game at least this year? Do we? Do you think we see Blue Point Games game? And so that one, unlike Bend, that does feel like it could be sooner. Like we could see something um, this year or or something you know next year even. I mean, that could be the surprise second PlayStation Studios title we get this year. Like, I wouldn't be too shocked if we get a PlayStation presentation in the next two months, and then that game releases between like May and August. And then Spider-Man is like November, right? That wouldn't surprise me at all because it is weird yeah. that we're at a point where the only major PlayStation Studios first pretty title this year is Marvel Spider-Man 2, right? We got Forspoken, which is third third party, which I don't think they're mm-hmm. not going to be talking about that much longer. And then we got Final Fantasy 16, which is also third party. But in terms of first party, it's just Marvel Spider-Man 2. I yeah, hope I'm not forgetting point. anything. Which well, is like, I mean, we have the DLC for Horizon, and we have mm-hmm. Call of the Mountain, and we have PSVR right. two, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and and with last year having been kind of the opposite, where we did have for Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok in the same year. Um, I I don't know. I, it could be, yeah, it could just be that it's Spider Man. Um, for many Sony first parties after the VR, anything VR two, I I don't think that that would be too shocking. Shocking, yeah. But obviously, if they can, they would love to put out, um, you know, a, a kick-ass Blue Point game this year too, if they can. Oh, for sure. 
uh, especially with us like maybe not getting a FromSoft game this year. Traditional FromSoft, if we get Armored Core 6, that's not really a Souls like, obviously. Um, Guerrilla Games. Last release, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, last year, we're also getting Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores this year. Uh, next release in October 2022, reports state, uh, started surfacing that Guerrilla Games was working on a remaster of Horizon Zero Dawn. You remember this, Tom? Oh. For the PS5. But it's unclear if it'll be a remaster or a built-from-the-ground-up remake of the 2017 title. This same report said a multiplayer project was in the works, which ended up being revealed during official job postings a few months later. In December of 2022, Guerrilla Games posted job openings for the studio where it was revealed that it is, uh, has a new internal team in Amsterdam developing, quote, a separate online project set in Horizons Universe, end quote, that will include a new cast of characters, and a unique stylized look. So the second thing coming true actually lends some credence to the first thing, which is like, man, I do think that that remaster Horizon Zero Dawn is pretty real at this point, based yeah. on all indications of the multiplayer rumor attached to that also being true, and what we've seen with the way they've squeezed The Last of Us. And that's a little bit harsh of a way to put that, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, it seems like it's a reality, Dom. Yeah, I don't think it's quite harsh enough to say they squeezed The Last of Us, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, remaking Horizon Zero Dawn is... Uh, I don't know. It just... We, talk, we talked about it a while ago, and it just makes me roll my eyes, but... I guess if it works for them, uh, great, but that's not the kind of thing that, like, is getting going to get me excited to fork over 70 bucks. It's already a, That's already a tough proposition, but uh, remaking... Not that old games is uh, it's a choice, I guess. But yeah, I guess I'm I'm also looking forward to like when they yeah do something outside of Horizon and that universe at this point because there's been a lot of it, um, and it's great. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think like just like they proved that they could do something different when they first made Horizon Zero Dawn, having only made um, or primarily made uh, Killzone games, uh, like do that again, run that back. But what's your next big idea, Gorilla? I, I mean, I feel like they've they've shown that they can even cross genres and and still succeed at an incredibly high level. So like, like let them let them do it again. Like take another shot. Let's see their Last of Us. We saw their Uncharted, exactly. which is Horizon. Let's see their Last of Us. I, exactly. I get there. Uh, hopefully, it's not a return to Killzone. Um, and if it, hey, I say that, but if they were to reinvent it the way God of War was reinvented, it I'm could down. be cool too. I mean, what was PlayStation's last? You know big first person shooter kill zone <laughs> you know but um uh they don't really have that in their portfolio right now i, I well like technically they have destiny i guess but you know that's live service and they bought it you know different kind of thing if they're if they were to put out like like a absolutely gorgeous badass uh kill zone campaign you know like that would be cool um i'd be into that and then you know some good multiplayer too like like again you know back into PlayStation wants to do more live service. Like maybe that's um, a route to that. Yeah, true. My hope, my dream scenario for this multiplayer horizon game is that it'd be dope if they made a monster hunter where like you and your friends mm -hmm. can go and hunt these monsters together. These robotic monsters. That'd be dope. Honestly, I think that's the only way I'd be interested in a multiplayer horizon. If it was close to monster hunter. Cause yeah. other than that, I don't know why I'd be interested in playing a multiplayer game like that. I'm not we'll see really that. at all myself. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, Monster Hunter World got made me dip my toes into that world, and I'm open to that having that type of experience once again. 
Next up, Sucker Punch Productions. Last release, Ghost of Tsushima in 2020 and the Legends DLC, the multiplayer DLC in 2021. Next release. It is assumed that the studio is working on a sequel to Ghost of Tsushima, but nothing has officially been announced. I don't know if you remember this tidbit, Dom. In July of 2020, 20, 2022, the studio did confirm to fans that no one is working on new entries in either the Sly Cooper or Infamous series. It was an odd statement during the celebration of the studio's 25th anniversary, but was likely done to quash optimism in regards to those series returning anytime soon. Yeah, I was just like, hey, we're 25 years old. By the way, our two beloved series you guys like, no one's working on them. <laughs> Lose hope, you know what I mean? It's really it's, funny. It's kind of, it's so weird because the fact that you have to say that, and I get why you do, but the fact that you have to say it is because it's in such high demand. And maybe that's just in high demand by the vocal minority um, and by their maybe more usable metrics. It's not in that high demand, but... Um, I don't know. It feels like, hey, maybe take a sign. Um, even though you had to give that awkward message this time around, maybe consider doing some Sly Cooper. Cause... But even saying it, don't you think it opens up the door of fans being like, oh, they said that, so we're surprised when they actually announce it. Like, it could actually backfire in that way as well. True, yeah. But, I mean, all that being said, I'm totally game for Ghost of Tsushima sequel. Um Maybe you call it something else, bring it to a new location and different characters or whatever you want to do. That game was incredibly fun. That was um, like one of the better open world games um, that we've had in, in recent years. And I'm totally down for a sequel there. Yeah, I wonder if you if you franchise it, that's it's an interesting thing, yeah, because the reason it's called Ghost of Tsushima is because it's about a specific character in a specific area. Yes, exactly. So... Would they be? Would it be called Ghost of a different area? Would it be just be called Ghost right. of Tsushima Two Semicolon something or like? Spectre that's going to be interesting the way they do the naming Nagasaki. convention. Something I don't know. Not yeah, it, like is the ghost yeah. of the series sticking point right? Because like right. what we saw with Horizon, the sticking point is Horizon, Horizon uh, Forbidden West, Horizon Zero Dawn. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Legends was a huge hit though. People really enjoyed that yeah. multiplayer DLC. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Shout out to Sucker Punch. They're, they're, I think they're a little bit underrated as well in terms of a PlayStation mm-hmm. Studio developer. Absolutely. Somebody who's not underrated, Insomniac Games. Last release, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart in 2021. Next release, there's three known upcoming projects in development. I didn't know about the third so one. wild. Marvel Spider-Man 2. On December 15th, 2022, PlayStation confirmed via their official blog that the sequel to the 2018 hit will launch in fall 2023. It currently stands as the only major PlayStation Studios release for 2023. What a, a week after the Game Awards. Just drop a blog post. How weird. Uh, probably my biggest bummer of 2022 <laughs> was just that blog post. Which is funny because it's like you're getting the launch window for that game. Highly anticipated. Which is like, why do it this way? Marvel's Wolverine, which was revealed in 2021. Though not confirmed, it's assumed that this will be Insomniac Games' next major release following Marvel's Spider-Man 2. And the only reason I clarify that is we're not sure if we're going to get like a Miles Morales after Spider-Man 2, like a smaller right. Spider-Man project, because it's totally possible. That kind of snuck up on us. No one expected Miles Morales to come out as quickly as exactly. it did. Exactly. So could happen in something similar again. Yeah. I mean, it could be like Marvel's Venom or Marvel's, I don't know, something. Black Who knows? Cat. Uh... Dude, yeah. Black Cat game would be sick. Because <laughs> with a small, yeah, small, you got me thinking about stuff. 
Anyways, their their third game, a new Daredevil. multiplayer IP that is in development, revealed via official job postings, likely part of Sony's commitment to new live service games, but unconfirmed as of now. Unconfirmed from Insomniac. The job postings clearly define they're working on a new multiplayer IP. Uh, interesting. Which is interesting. I, I don't know. Um, I wonder if it'd be like a, a Ratchet and Clank multiplayer game. I know it's new new IP, but it could be like maybe not called Ratchet and Clank, but something else. I don't know. Like I'm not too familiar with Ratchet and Clank universe. Like it could be a word associated with the franchise, like something something. Like you know, there's like Crash Rumble, which is a bad example because yeah. he uses Crash Bandicoot's first name. Uh, but you there's know, what I mean. like it could be something like that. Whatever. Yeah. What's do you know the name of the the astronaut guy that people make fun of in Ratchet and Clank? Oh, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about though, right? Like the human guy, the the uh, the spaceman. Hold on, let me look this up real quick. It's been a minute. Ratchet. What would you call him? Space guy. Quark, Quark is his name? Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Hmm. Captain Quark. Anyways, what a tangent. Uh, yeah, I, I think that could be possible, but who knows. Once again, a new multiplayer IP is like the least exciting thing for me from Insomniac, right? It's like yeah. Marvel Spider-Man 2, hell yeah. If there's a small spin-off, hell yeah. Marvel's Wolverine, hell yeah. I, like I said before, Dom, all I want in that Marvel's Wolverine game is let me get the iconic Wolverine Hulk fight that we've never gotten in any oh, piece right. of media outside the comics. Just give it to me. Please. That's all I want, Insomniac, if you're listening. Just give me Mar- Wolverine versus Hulk, please. In a game that featured a fight similar to Wolverine versus Hulk, Sony Santa Monica. Their last release, God of War Ragnarok 2022. I was making a joke about Kratos and Thor. You know what I mean? Kind of like Wolverine. Oh, Hulk. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at you and you're like, man, I'm completely Just lost. What is right he talking about? Yeah. Uh, next release, likely in very early pre-production. Unclear if it'll be a God of War title or something different, which is a discussion we're going to be talking about in our God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast in terms of what's next for that franchise. But what we do know is Corey Barlog is said to be working on the studio's next project. Remember, he wasn't on God of War Ragnarok. He served as like a like a narrative consultant early on, but he wasn't like the director. He wasn't in charge of it by any means. So, I hope he's working on a new IP. Uh, I would I just want to see something from Corey Barlog because what him and his team were able to do with God of War 2018 and turn that franchise into something completely different yet still the same, I'm a hundred percent down. It's one of those things we talk about, Don, with like whenever they announce their next game, I'm in like a uh, double fine, right? Corey yep. Barlog, I'm into whatever his next game exactly. is. Yeah. And obviously the the easy, the low hanging fruit, you know, desire is uh well, you know, bring Kratos to a different location with a different mythology and have him wreak havoc there too. Um after it was obviously success- successful moving from Greek to Norse mythology. What uh, what other, you know, you know, myth- what are Egyptian, Cri- Mayan, Christian mythology or something like that or they would never do Christian mythology. <laughs> Kratos versus Moses. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> um, yeah, I. the funny thing is, I think there's a chance that this could be sooner rather than later because it could have been two teams working opposite of each other where mm-hmm. as God of War Ragnarok uh, was winding down, Corey Barlog and a smaller team were maybe working on pre-pro and people were slowly moving over to work on that other team. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we could see this game in by 2025 release. Like, I don't think we necessarily have to wait so long 
four years. I think it could be closer to three years, depending on how those teams are split up. So, especially if they go the route of Insomniac, and maybe we get instead of a Miles Morales, we get a game centered around Atreus. Um, that's maybe a bit smaller in scope, but you know, equally good in in quality and all that. And I don't know, that could be cool. What, what's he going? What's he got going on after after Ragnarok? Dude, if they announced God of Mischief, I'm down. Oh, that's a good title too. Yeah, because he's spoiler alert. If you haven't played God of War yeah. 2018, he's Loki, right? So, yeah. God of Mischief would be sick. I mean, they could also lean into the Loki thing because Loki's super popular. But Disney already has the Loki show on Disney Plus, so yeah, just go God of Mischief. Okay, but yeah, because cool. more people know him as Atreus, anyways, than Loki. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. God of Mischief would be sick because it would have the relation to the series, but people would also understand it's like not the same series; it's a spinoff. So mm-hmm. God of Mischief would be sick. Uh, man, I want that now so bad. Uh, next up, the last one, the biggest one, Naughty Dog. We got a little bit to talk about here. Last release, their last new release was Last of Us Part 2 2020, but they did release the Part 1 remake in 2022. Next release, in a recent January 2023 interview with BuzzFeed, Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann stated the following, quote, For us, Uncharted was insanely successful. Uncharted 4 was one of our best-selling games. And we're able to put our final brushstrokes on that story and say that we're done. We're moving on. This is basically him talking about, like, are you doing Last of Us Part 3? Are you returning Uncharted? What's next for the studio? Um, We'll get into some of the other parts in terms of Last of Us. But I think people need to understand, too, that just because Neil says Naughty Dog is done with Uncharted, don't worry because there is possibilities of other studios at PlayStation working on an Uncharted game just like we got with Lost Legacy. Just because Naughty Dog is done with Uncharted doesn't mean the series is necessarily done. So don't worry too much. Now we know of four projects in development at Naughty Dog Dom. First up, Standalone Factions. This is rumored to release in 2023 from Neil Druckmann. Quote, the next Last of Us game is going to be this multiplayer experience where you'll be able to enter the world of The Last of Us with your friend and get to experience the tension and brutality of that world and a brand new story and cast of characters that live in another city that we haven't seen yet in the world of The Last of Us. This is going to be another chapter in the universe of The Last of Us, end quote. How many times can Neil Druckmann say The Last of Us? <laughs> um, I think that, you know, we talked about Haven Studios. This might actually be the live service point two of, like, this is our thing, right? Like, I assume this is going to be closer to a live service game than the original Factions. As somebody who deeply loves Last of Us but isn't a big multiplayer person, Dom, where do you fall on your interest in this standalone Factions title? Uh, where do I guess I, I if I had to I would put it in a little place called absolutely freaking hyped and I can't wait and I want to play the shit out of it. Wow. Yeah. Unless there, I mean, there's obviously if it's bad, it's bad. But like, if it were to <laughs> sure, go the yeah. route of, uh, it's free, well not free to play, but like it's free for PlayStation Plus Premium or whatever the hell they're calling their tiers, right? If they were to do something like that, but then it's still filled with like you know like annoying microtransactions or something you know what i mean if it goes down it could go down a bad route even if like the gameplay is really good and that and that kind of thing but as a concept otherwise i mean this sounds really cool and it, it, as long as it's not too strategic and requiring you to play with other people because then that's kind of uh exclusionary to me who doesn't have friends right to play with <laughs> um, oh we could play together i'd be done yeah often. We'd have to, like, yeah, find some time or whatever. Um, we'll plan it out. Yeah, but that's the thing yeah. that sucks, right? Like you adults. have to plan it out because yeah. we're adults. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
but yeah, that would be a game where I would make a you know a reasonable effort to do that though, to plan out time to play it um, for that franchise and that kind of thing. Um, but knowing now that yeah, like there's a proper story in there to some extent um, yep. with characters that you can follow. Like it sounds like it's not like purely you know competitive multiplayer or something like that. Um, even like, and I kind of think like it's gonna be. I think of like Destiny has a story, right? But it's not not always like the most engaging it's kind of i don't know for me it's a bit abstract and hard to follow things like that but i expect a much better narrative out of this factions game and obviously i, I also failed to mention that the original factions mode was a ton of fun i played a lot of that on uh, ps3 and when the original last of us came out that was a ton of fun that was more at the time in my life when i was playing more multiplayer games though but uh, yeah i'm i'm pretty hyped for this and i'm looking forward to it Destiny stories presented like if you walk down uh, your local downtown near all the food shops during the middle of the day when everyone's cooking, like you walk by and you smell all the food, but you don't necessarily know what food they're cooking, but it slightly interests you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you just walk by anyways, and it doesn't, it isn't a good enough smell to pull you in to buy something. You're just like, that was nice. And then you can go on your way and you maybe forget about that you ever smelled it in the first place. That's kind of like Destiny's narrative. <laughs> I hope Fair. the faction standalone game is more than that. I hope that the microtransactions are all cosmetic based. I have faith in, in Naughty Dog to do that because the last thing I want is to have to pay two ninety nine for resource bundles or something. And like, I'm totally down for um, paying you know twenty bucks for like going a little bit more how they used to do DLC. Like, yeah, if there's a new, a, a new area story. expansion or I, something. Exactly. Like, and I know like yeah, the market is you know as gravitated to where it has where like people don't i don't know it seems to be more lucrative for for studios to smaller microtransactions which it's fine but obviously i keep it cosmetic um that can be okay but yeah it could go a lot of different directions with that but um maybe only second like we'll have the same discussion when ubisoft's uh star wars (laughs) game um from the developers of uh Division, the the division uh comes out same kind of stuff there. We're like, I'm not usually the live service guy, but this is the franchise where if it's done right, I'll be in. So you know where I can at least give it a chance. So, and funny enough, recent descriptions of that game, I've seen live service less and less and more open world Star Wars games. So that's encouraging to me. Yeah, (laughs) not to say it isn't still in there, but that as far as what I've read, um. The one thing I hope they don't do too is cosplay cosmetics. Don't sell Joel and Ellie dress up costumes, please, for the love of God. Oh yeah, because that just—I don't know—narratively and like immersionalize it kind of takes away from it. Of like, grab your Ellie cosplay. You know what I mean? It's very grody, one, in my opinion. It must have been a mod. How did I see this? But there was like a fat Joel mod to the original game, or something like that. Uh, or maybe did you see they recently did a Bella Ramsey mod. That's kind of cool. I like when they do stuff like that, like that, you know, in Spider Man when they, yeah, bring in the Tobey Maguire suit and all that kind of stuff is always fun. Yeah. Next up, The Last of Us Part Three from previously mentioned BuzzFeed interview. Quote: This is from Neil Druckmann. It's up to us whether we want to continue The Last of Us or not. Our process is the same thing we did when we did Part Two, which is if we can come up with a compelling story that has this universal message and statement about love, just like the first and second games did. I would argue the second game was more about hate, but yeah. Uh, then, then we will tell that story. If we if we can't come up with something, we have a very strong ending with part two, and that will be the end. 
In March of 2022, it was reported rumor that the script outline for The Last of Us Part 3 was completed, which seems like a huge news story at the time, but like that's kind of expected if they they want to have a rough outline of what they possibly could work with, and that script in March 2022 would not be anywhere near what the final script would be when they're making the game. So it's not like, oh, they're definitely making the game. It's just a procedural thing that studios, I think, do because you want to have that in case you ever want to go back to where, like, we have this rough outline. How do we think we could tweak it? I guarantee they probably had the same thing with Last of Us Part Two, where when one was finished, Neil and the team probably had a rough outline of what they could do with two, put it on the shelf, and then when Neil and the team had an idea of like, oh, this is what we could do, then they actually went full bore with two. So, yeah, interesting stuff. I'm in a weird place now where I don't necessarily need three, but if they announced yeah. it, I'd be interested in where they went. For me, mm-hmm. I'd want it to focus on motherhood because yeah, I okay. think... Yeah. From multiple perspectives, too, uh, with obviously Abby and Lev, uh, that's kind of an adopted motherhood, whereas with uh, obviously Ellie and Dina and their kid uh, was uh, a different type of motherhood. I just, we went through love, we went through vengeance and hate, and I think seeing violence through the eyes of a parental perspective could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of take it or leave it like if we never get last of us part three i'm fine if we do get it i'm very interested you know what i mean it's kind of weird in that way Mm -hmm. you i think i'm the same it's i'd obviously be there for it but i'm not clamoring for a continuation if they were to they they could go with entirely new people too that would be interesting but that's probably more what we're going to get out of factions so and we had a hard enough time dealing with somebody new in two in terms of the general audience's feedback. True. I don't know Very good point. how yeah. the internet would deal with having completely new cast of characters. Yeah. You know. So mm. we'll see. Uh next up, this one is very intriguing to me. New fantasy IP. Neil Druckmann is said to not be involved in this. It's a new single player IP set in a fantasy world currently in full production, according to reports. Oh. Art found in both The Last of Us Part Two and the Part One remake have fans believing that they are teases towards this speculated new IP. The art features female fantasy characters posed next to animals. One of them kind of looks like a griffin. One of them kind of looks like a weird goat horse thing. Um, The same image can be found of a girl sitting on a field next to the griffin-type animal in both the Part 1 remake and Part 2. Sometimes teams reuse assets, which is totally a possibility, Um, but... I wouldn't be surprised if this is a weird loose tease, not meaning that these images are characters that'll be found in the game, but it's like, hee hee hee, we did a tease. You know what I mean? Like, they're not directly connected in any way, but it's like, did you see those fantastical elements? They're a loose Easter egg to what we're working on kind of thing. No, I gotta look. I didn't even know any of this. This is all new information to me, the the existence of it entirely. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know anything about this. I'm very interested now, though. Yeah, to me, Neil Druckmann not being involved is interesting because that means it could come a lot sooner than we expect. Mm-hmm. And two, that means we could have two Naughty Dog games developed next to one another and not have to wait so long for new games from them. And I hope maybe they hit that cadence of releasing games sooner. And I want to see what other creatives at Naughty Dog can do. Like, Neil Druckmann is yeah. great, don't get me wrong, but that team's probably staffed with a bunch of fantastic creatives. So let's see what somebody else can do. Yeah, yeah that's it. interesting. Fantasy IP from Naughty Dog, though, does that excite you? I'm down yeah. for fantasy. Heck yeah, dude. I mean, because, yeah, we yeah. got, obviously, Uncharted. We had Jack and Daxter back in the day, which I guess is kind of fantasy. Um, and then, yeah, this, it, I mean, as always, like, I'm down if they're, they have something that they believe in that's 
new and different from what they're normally doing. Yeah, like it's for them, it's the creator, not what's created. Like, yeah, Naughty Dog's making it. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, you mentioned Jack and Dexter. There's this fourth project. So this is actually being co-developed, uh, co-developed project in beloved franchise, a new unnamed Sony studio based in San Diego, which we heard reports about last year that they opened this new studio in San Diego. It's not Sony San Diego. It's a different studio. That San Diego studio posted the following during a job listing for a summer 2023 internship. Quote, we are a new PlayStation studio based in San Diego, California. Our team seeks to impact Sony Interactive Entertainment positively by inspiring the thoughts and emotions of players worldwide throughout an amazing gaming experience. Currently, we are co-developing an exciting new project with Naughty Dog in a beloved franchise. Oh. <laughs> Here's hoping that this is Jack and Daxter. For the love of God, please bring Jack and Daxter back. That would be so This much is the fun. perfect way of, like, we knew Naughty Dog was never going to go back to it. The mm-hmm. reality of it is that's not where that studio is anymore. For better or worse, I know people want to think that Jack and Daxter is this immaculate, critical masterpiece. It's not. I love Jack and Daxter. It's not. This it's is fun. the best way to bring it back. A new yeah. studio. Let them give their take on it with Naughty Dog kind of overseeing making sure they kind of hit the points in which they did when they developed uh, Jack and Daxter. Though that being said, Naughty Dog now, I don't know how many people they even retain from the team that made any of the Jack and Daxters at this right. point. That's um, so far away. So long ago. And I don't know if maybe them just saying co-develop is a sign of like good faith. Of That leads me to believe that it is possibly Jack and Daxter, Don, because even if Naughty Dog doesn't touch the development of that game for a second, the moment it's announced, what goes over better with fans? New Jack and Daxter, co-developed by Naughty Dog and New Studio, or New Jack and Daxter from Studio I've Never Heard Of. Even, like, if all they did was send over the a- some assets in a zip file. Exactly. <laughs> That's still yeah. co-developing, right? Exactly. I hope it's Jack and Daxter. Uh, could be Sly Cooper, though we know from Sucker Punch that's not happening. Uh, can't be Crash, because they don't own the IP anymore. My only other thing would be, like, that I would personally want is Resistance. I think Resistance is one of the coolest IP Sony has, for me specifically. I love sci-fi alien invasion stories. I love weird chemical fucked up biology. Like, I love all that stuff. Like, <laughs> that's my jam, dude. I love District 9, uh, or District oh, 8, sorry. God. One of my favorite movies of all time. That's 9. Uh, 9, sorry. I always get it confused because there was a sequel in development, and I always forget if it's 8 to 9 or 9 to 10. It's 9 to 10. Um... Yeah, so I'd love Resistance to come back, but if I was a betting man, my money would probably be on Jack and Daxter. Because, to my point that I make several times, the catalog. What's missing from their catalog? Something like Jack and Daxter. Like mm-hmm. a more colorful, playful, family-forward platformer game with weird, dry, and blue humor. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. Were you a Jack and Daxter guy or no? Yeah, that was actually one I did get big into when I was a kid on PS2. Um, I think one and two, like the first two games, and then there was like a PSP game, and I think one more, one other sequel. Well, shout out to former host of Controlled Interest Gamecast, Jordan Jarvis. Remember, he was a big Crash X Team Racing or whatever guy. That was his jam, or uh, Jack X Combat Racing or whatever the heck it was called. He used to sing those praises all the time. Yeah, so I hope it's Jack and Dexter. I'd love to see a return of that series. Um, I'd be excited to see what that looks like on PS5. I think it could look utterly beautiful. Uh, imagine, imagine if Blue Point's game is Jack Four. <laughs> that could be cool too. I yeah, because that's original content. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. That was the state of PlayStation. Thank you guys for joining us. 
a lot of stuff coming. Uh, I'm excited. We we there's a lot of unknown with both Xbox, PlayStation, and even yeah. Nintendo. So it's cool to catch up and be like, where does everyone stand? What's going on? What's next? Um, yeah, like I said, we're not doing one for Nintendo, unfortunately. Nintendo will probably let us know what's going on soon. Um, in terms of what we've been playing, uh, you went a little long this episode. I don't want to talk too long. Uh, the big thing is uh, I played and completed Super Lucky's Tale, Dom. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a 3D platformer. Uh, really fun. I uh, I started it because I was in that moment of like, I don't know what to play. Let me hop into something. I was I had the itch for a platformer. So I was like, oh, Super Lucky's Tale looks fun. Hopped in. It's simple. It's not anything crazy. Um, I ended up completing it. And I hopped into New Super Lucky's Tale, which is the sequel, just to see the difference real quick. Eventually, I want to get to it and play it, but I was like, I got my fill, but I want to see what the improvements were. Really cool stuff. The things you expect from a jump from one 3D platformer to another. Fully rotatable camera. The animations are smoother. The gameplay is a little bit more sped up. It's not as slow. Um, my, my opinion, my advice to anybody out there is if you want to hop into one of these 3D platformers and it sounds fun, I would just hop into New Super Lucky's Tale. It's the better quality version of the game. Um, you're not losing out on any like narrative from not playing the first one, and you're gonna have an overall better better time. The first one does suffer from like developers' first 3D platformer, where it's a little clunky, it's a little chunky, the jumps aren't always precise. The boss battles are fun, but sometimes you kind of get hit unfairly. So from what I've played, about the 30 minutes of New Super Lucky's Tale, anybody new should hop into that one over the first one. Other than that, been playing Marvel Snap as usual, addicted to that mobile card game. <laughs> and then I tried out Human Fall Flat with a friend, which is like the physics-based co-op puzzle game where you're like these two wonky gang beast-looking people and you have to solve puzzles with platforming and helping each other out. It's pretty fun. Game's been out for years, but we wanted something to check out and we checked that out and it was a fun time. Other than that, obviously going to be hopping into Hi-Fi Rush and uh, I'm going to try to play As It Does Falls and complete it before our Game of the Year show. Uh, how long to beat says it's about six hours. So I should be able to get through that before okay. next week's show. So looking forward to that. Anything real quick for you, Dom? <sighs> Not even. I haven't even touched a thing. It's been one of those <laughs> weeks. So looking forward to finally getting a minute to get back into something. Yeah. Hopefully people look forward to our God of War spoiler cast, God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. We're doing that with friend of the show, Chris Noons. Um, so look forward to that in the couple coming weeks. Not sure if it'll come out before next week's podcast or after. Um, but that's kind of our supplementary episode, not a mainline podcast episode. Other than that, please follow us on YouTube. Search Controlled Interest will pop right up. Subscribe, hit the bell notification so you never miss an upload. On Twitter, you can find us collectively at CRLINT, Controlled Interest, abbreviated. You can follow us individually. Dom is at Obi Dom Kenobi. The O and OB is the number zero, not the letter O. I'm at Jared Weich, J-E-R-R-A-D-W-Y-C-H-E. We're on all your favorite podcast platforms, but preferably Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you guys next week with our Game of the Year episode. Like I said, also make sure to try to tune into our God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. Until next time, see you guys later.